Buonasera a tutti, good evening and welcome to the Italian Radio Hour. Io sono Viviana and I would like to welcome back our regular listeners and also welcome any new listeners. Also be sure to like us on Instagram and Facebook at the Italian Radio Hour and subscribe to our YouTube channel to catch up on any past video interviews. Vorrei dare il benvenuto ai nostri ascoltatori da tutto il mondo, grazie per essere con noi anche oggi mentre continuiamo il nostro viaggio per l'Italia e la cultura italiana. Today we will move to Australia to talk about the Italian diaspora and specifically the Calabrian experience to uh, Northwest Victoria with Lucy Caldipari Marcuzzo, a multidisciplinary artist, mother, research, arts educator, creator, and writer. And through her arts, uh, she explores notions of belief, uh, religion, spirituality, Italian culture practices and customs, the Italian immigrant experience, a woman's place in the traditional Italian Australian society and family. Ma prima, pubblicità. Parli italiano? Do you want to learn, improve, or master your Italian? Istituto Mondo Italiano can help. Located in the heart of Regent Square, Mondo Italiano offers small group classes and one-on-one -on -one private tutoring to help you learn Italian in no time. Visit us online at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org. Un caffè, per favore. My first cup of coffee sets the tone for my entire day, and I get my coffee at La Prima Espresso. La Prima has been brewing Pittsburgh's best coffee for nearly 35 years. Try any of their in-house roasted varieties of beans from all over the world at home, or come and enjoy an espresso or a cappuccino at any of their locations, where their friendly baristas and familiar faces will make you feel at home. Because a trip to La Prima is like a trip to Italy, only closer to home. Well, I'm very excited to have Lucy with us. Join us all the way from Australia. Buonasera, buongiorno, Lucy. How are you today? Very, <laughs> very, grazie. Thank you. Uh, so it looks like uh, I'm actually in a better position. It's uh, what time is it? Your time? <laughs> uh, it is just past. Oh, it's about twenty-five past five in the morning. So um, maybe I'm up I'm early. Have, <laughs> I might have to send you some of that uh, wonderful La Prima espresso coffee. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. I've had copy yet. This conversation. <laughs> So Lucy, I've been following your work with uh, great interest. Uh, it started actually when I came across the publication Embroidery the Stories, uh, Interpreting Women's uh, Domestic needle Needlework from the Italian Diaspora, and then a series of uh, events that were organized by the Italian American Museum of Los Angeles, the Calandra Institute, and so forth. And you, you uh, seem to be a common thread, no pun intended, um, throughout uh, some of the conversations that were going around. But before we're going to get into the uh, juicy, so to speak, part of the conversation, which is uh, your work as, a, as an artist and indeed interpreting also the role or imagining the role of yourself as almost like your own grandmother, I would like to, I always try to establish a connection between our guests and uh, Italy. So my understanding is that your grandmother uh, your mother, uh, your father had already come um, from uh, to Australia from Calabria. 
because you're talking about probably a small place in Calabria and uh, a place in Australia that not too many people might be familiar with, uh, could you geographically give us a little bit of an idea of the starting point and uh, the, the the finish, the landing, the landing point? Yes. Okay. So my um, my grandparents from um, both sides, so my paternal and maternal grandparents, uh, immigrated to Australia from Calabria, Reggio Calabria. So um, two small towns. So my my father's family were from a town called. Well, it's now called Natili Superiore, mm-hmm. um, and uh, my my mother's family immigrated from a place called Plati, um, mm-hmm. uh, very close to the Aspromonte uh, Mountains, mm-hmm. um, in a in a valley, not not too far away from the Ionian Sea. It's a very it's a beautiful picturesque place, um, and uh, there is a, a notable landmark nearby that overlooks um, all those towns in the valley is called Pietra Kappa, which is mm-hmm. the largest monolith in Europe, um, which is pretty spectacular to see. So they immigrated from those small towns um, in the early 1950s to um, eventually another a small-ish town at, 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 the, at the time in Australia, in Victoria, which is the state here um, called Mildura and and the surrounding areas. Um, And basically at the the time in the 19, in the 1950s, they were were wanting a better life for their families. And like many immigrants that left left Italy at the time, you know, and in the States, it was uh, um, that the wave of immigration was before that, they ended up um, in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making a new life for themselves. Uh, so I'd like to uh, maybe dive in just a few seconds to talk about uh, the, uh, I guess, the Italian-Australian experience and the fact that, uh, you know, it happens to all the uh, all the communities of immigrants that settle in a new place and wanting to cling in on some uh, traditions and values and cultures, thus creating Kind of mini Italy's uh, in wherever. Was that the sense that you got from maybe the stories of your family that that was happening as well in where you're at? Yeah, definitely. So how my parents uh, or my grandparents came to be in the, in this area where I am now in in uh, the Mildura area, the Mildura region, was because of the chain migration scheme. So they had uh, other townspeople that had arrived prior and then um, put the call out. So the chain migration was in Australia operated, as I understand it did in the States as well and Canada, where someone would sponsor an immigrant um, and basically vouch for them and uh, come and call for them and they would come to Australia and the proviso that when they came to Australia that they would be willing to work, mm-hmm. um, you know, to... to um, in, in in regards to that so when they came they had um, so those early um, immigrants had some support because there were other people from their towns and subsequently formed these microcosms or these uh, capsules of culture as I um, like to call it so they were still practicing um, the, the, the the cultural practices that that were happening that they had left so they had set up these these um these other settlements and um townspeople 
um, and uh, where I am um, in the uh, eventually there 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 would be Italian masses that were that were practiced here, um, a couple a few Italian festivals and and things like that. So the mm -hmm. the festi which they which they also imported from mm -hmm. from Italy. Um, a question about the language, because uh, what we hear very commonly here in the US is that because of wanting to assimilate, uh, the first thing that got lost, not the traditions, was the language, or at least the passing on to uh, the children uh, that wanted to uh, become Americanized. Uh, but some people, like today, I actually had a client who is from Calabria. She's second generation, and she speaks Calabrese. She speaks the Calabrese of about 70 years ago. Um, and she's completely aware. Uh, and uh, so I was wondering, one, if the Italian language was lost uh, or in if the dialect was preserved. Um, again, it is kind of kind of a Calabrian dialect of uh, a while ago. Uh, I was wondering, what's, what's your experience? What happened maybe with your family? Very similar experience. So they bought their they bought their uh, lingua madre to to Australia and were speaking to each other in uh, in their dialects or their or their language languages the, the, the many different dialects of the Calabrese language. So from the towns, the um, you know, for example, my my father's town compared to my mother's town, the the dialect is slightly different. So there are uh, nuances in in um, in how they say things, but obviously they understand each other. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, as far as the Calabresi, um, Calabresi's that settled at that time, they were there was a there was also a preservation of um, of their language, um, which they practiced. So, so the my grandparents' generation practiced. Uh, obviously, my 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 parents because they were they were young. My mother was uh, about thirteen years old. My dad, when he came out, he was a bit. Um, he came out a couple of years before my mum. He was around twelve, so they were all still speaking their the 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 dialect from mm -hmm. where they had come, and that was an experience with um, a lot of the other Italians who settled in this area and in Australia. It's a, um, a, a something that seems to be a common common thread with with um, with the states. So when um, Sort of fast forwarding, so that they were they they were speaking their their language here, um, but because you know their children, so myself for example, so my mother was speaking, you know, and then um, you know, but but because we were here in Australia and we were children, we had to go to school. We had to go to um, you know, um, we had to speak English at school. So a lot of those, a, a lot of the language was lost but now in the last I don't know probably um well not lost it wasn't practiced as much mm -hmm. as, as you know it was it was still spoken in the home but it wasn't really um outside of the home um and at school in Australia Italian um at one stage uh, was the most common language to be taught in schools oh so, wonderful mm -hmm. yeah so um you, for example, I went to school and I learned um, in secondary school. I, I, um, Italian as a language was a subject, mm -hmm. but not you know those those uh, dialects or those languages from the town. The Calabrese language wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then, um, 
So when mum eventually, so my, my mother came out in 1954 and she hadn't returned back to her town until uh, we went over in 2015, which was part wow. of my res- research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she went, we, we all went back um, and people from my father's town, my mother's town could not believe that my mother's uh, accent and her uh, her lingua had stayed. Her, her, she was still speaking as if she had left. So mm-hmm. it was very, and it was a, I suppose, like an old, uh, old version of the. It was second time version of. Yeah, that's exactly so, that's exactly how my my uh, my friend inclined to feels that is the dialect of her mom when she came. Yes. So we're talking about a few decades uh, back. Yeah. So for so for <clears> me, <throat> when I, when when I went, my experience was that. Um, because I just I explained just now just earlier about the two different sort of dialects so my, my dad's and my mum so then I had this combination of that plus the Italian that I had learned at school and you know had been practicing so I was kind of talking this mish, mishmash and somehow <laughs> miraculously my cousins <laughs> and um, uh, cousins in Italy understood what I was saying. Um, so that was fantastic. But yeah, with, certainly for my mother, they just could not believe how perfect um, uh-huh. and how unchanged um, mm-hmm. her accent. There was no, there was no um, addition of of English words in when she stuck when she was when she was speaking mm-hmm. so that was something yeah. that was pretty she thought was pretty awesome uh now when we talk about Calabria uh, we shouldn't forget uh, it's part of the Magna Grecia there is a huge huge richness uh in in that um can you tell us a little bit about it and uh what uh, uh we might have inherited from uh uh that territory that obviously doesn't just include uh calabria yeah so um my, yeah my, magna grecia was an was an amazing you know um you know now as a 2000 year old ancient culture so um, and at and at the time so uh that name was given to or by the romans to the coastal area of southern Italy, which um, included the present-day Campania, Puglia, Basilicata, Calabria, and in Italy, so that uh, quite a big chunk of southern um, southern Italy, um, and was extensively populated by Greek settlers. So there were um, settlers that uh, um, Greek people that, for some reason or another, economically, um, it's believed. Uh, decided to move on and populate um, that you know this the southern Italian that those regions in, in southern Italy um, and they they brought with them you know quite a, a um, you know the, an influence that that cannot be denied because you know the, the Greco-Roman influence in in culture and and artwork and um, all of those things um, was a, an incredible legacy to have left but it's not a common thing um I think in Italy it is it is known but uh not a common um thing that people know outside of Italy that actually um yeah it was it was really a, a really important place and also that you know uh, Calabria was kind of and that southern Italy was you know has a really strong greek influence mm-hmm. um 
yeah, which some there are some pockets of uh, of uh, a dialect called Grico in mm -hmm. um, a few places in Calabria um, and other in, in other in southern Italy. Yeah, when I remember uh, when I was in Calabria in Balva, which is a beautiful uh, little mm -hmm. town, you actually see the street signs in Greek first. Yeah, then uh, not that is spoken in the streets, uh, but you can find uh, these little pockets of. Uh, uh, Greek uh, culture there. Um, now you mentioned that uh, uh, your mom hadn't uh, returned to Italy until 2015. That's when also you started. Um, I don't know if that's when you started your journey towards rediscovering, or maybe um, uh, your uh, rediscovering your Italianness had already played a huge role in your artistic uh, career. Uh, but I was wondering if, um, um, I think you had also a little video. Um, I don't know if you are able to uh, play the images of uh, you. I think you were somewhere in maybe in Aspromonte or going doing some sort of pilgrimage. <laughs> ah, yes. so, um, so I was uh, I was uh, wondering if you can give us a little idea of uh, uh, what these journeys, so to speak, not just the trip to Italy, um, but what was the mission of going back to Italy and the work that you're doing uh, these days? It's on the wrong. It was on the wrong. Um file so i'll just yes it definitely was here we go yes so, so here we go so so here so this this is in 2015 when um i i was i was studying for my master masters of visual visual arts by research so you mentioned so a, a few years before i mean i'd always been interested in going back to italy there was a strong um strong pull to go back um so the, this video uh, is showing me um, uh, doing a, a, a pilgrimage, pilgrimage in inverted commas to um, to Balsi, which is a um, the sanctuary of Our Lady at Balsi is a is you know um, a place that many pilgrims, especially from around the region where my parents were from, my grandparents were from, made. So they would go, uh, leave by foot and it was, a, you know, a few hours that they would, you know, six hours that they would walk. So here I was, I'd, I'd always heard stories from my father and my grandparents about Bolsi and um, La Madonna, um, who had mir miraculous um, qualities. So um, I decided to, to, while I was there, to, to do this pilgrimage, but there was inclement weather. So we eventually made it there. Um, and it was an amazing experience. You know, here I am. I'm dressed in the manner that the um, the Anziani or the the old people would wear. Um, you know, the long skirt, you know, all in black. But it, my my take, my contemporary take with a with a red head scarf. That was kind of mm -hmm. me, kind of implanting in, in myself. And I found. Um, I just yeah, I, I really found that this was an emotional. A really emotional experience because, as I said, my my fa um, my father passed away um, in two thousand and two, and he would always speak about this. So when I was doing this um, mm -hmm. pilgrimage into the church, I really felt he was there 
mm-hmm. um, present with me, very a very strong presence. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that was a pretty amazing, amazing almost thing like to a, do. Almost like you represented the crossroad of who have who might have left now yes. come back or the new generation. So a lot of uh, probably a lot of uh, weight, so to speak, on your shoulders, whether. Uh, as you said, you might have felt it because you felt also the presence of your father, but the significance yep. of your uh, pilgrimage in, in, in that case on behalf of many of many others uh, kind of returning to the mother uh, to the motherland. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that that um, yeah. It's it's like for me, it was like that. There's a, a term that's been coined called post memory, which um, Marianne Hirsch, who's a um, researcher has has described so it's the the relationship that the generation after Mm -hmm. they know they they feel an experience they they know stories they remember stories they feel those stories they have those experiences from stories that have been passed down to them so it's just kind of a really interesting you know and I certainly felt certainly felt that uh, Mm -hmm. when I was doing this Mm -hmm. That's the end of that little video. Uh, that, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, again your your work because uh, your grandmothers and also I've seen pictures also of a, a dress and outfit of one of your grandmother that seems to be a, almost like a constant presence uh, in uh, in some of your performances. Uh, but um, you're connecting with uh, the um, kind of female roles, um, um, female figures in your family. Uh, but you also, uh, I've seen you, uh, as I said, um, the first image that I've seen of you that where you had braids and you had a dress, you almost belong to a different time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that uh, intentional? Uh, is that part of... Uh, this 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 journey where uh, you're you're a version of your grandmother's. That's that's kind of almost the feel that I uh, that I got. Can you tell us a little bit about it? And I believe you might have also a picture or so of uh, the two uh, grandmothers. I do. So I will. I'll just open that. So my yeah. So my my um, my practice. With um, my arts practice, so I'll just bring up that image of my grandmothers. I'll go back to you. Sorry, it's a bit clunky. But here we go. Let me just share. Go to full screen again. Yeah, we can just. Uh, yeah, we just. Oh, can no, that. No, what's mm-hmm. happening? Sorry, I'm just gonna. My apologies. There, I'm not sure what's happening now. Okay. Um, it's still showing that other one okay it's stuck okay no worries just <laughs> tell us uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, your multidisciplinary approach to this uh kind of uh oh, just do it like this for some reason some reason wants to go back to the video <laughs> um why? um okay so here we go so there's a bit of text on the screen which i'll just get rid of there we are here we go. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> these are these so the, these images are of my um, my grandmothers. So on the left is my maternal grandmother Domenica, um, and the dress that she is wearing I often wear in um, in my 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 own performances. And on the right is my 
paternal grandmother, Eleanor. Um, so they've been a, a, a big influence. So through live art performance, so I, I, um, I create, I create um, performances where I am, I transform myself into a version, into an, an imagined version of my grandmother's because, of course, I can't be my grandmother's. Mm -hmm. So this, this is a, another example. So this, this, um, these two uh, images are from um, a, an endurance performance, a four-hour performance that I did um, and video installation called Galabrisela Mia, which was a mm -hmm. song that my grandparents um, used to sing while they were working. So in the, in the, on the left-hand side is me wearing the dress that my grandmother, Domenica Ware, wore on her trip to Australia. So this dress was made especially for her trip and her um, embarkation and disembarkation from the ship. So uh, and, and it's a beautiful red check and a silk dress that was handmade by um, her dressmaker in Lati. And on the left, um, I'm wearing another dress um, uh, in black that my um, also belonged to my grandmother, Domenica. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so the, the story of this performance is that I um, I was singing the song, singing Calabrisella for I don't know, four hours, I think I said before, and it 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 trans it, it transforms from happy to to then to then sad so there's a story well there was a very tragic story so in 1960s um my uh my my mother's brother bruno was tragically um was a tragic tra uh, tractor accident and he died so i was um kind of honoring him and my grandmother domenica who at this point in 2013 had passed away um quite a few years before so it was kind of like her story of the joy of being in a in a new place in Australia but then the devastating loss of, of losing her son so as part of this performance I then in, it in <laughs> silence um so um oh my god the next slide no they're already there oh hang on get this one so here I um so the process Mm -hmm. The process of um, sorry, you you go, Viviana. No, no, I was uh, I was I was wondering because uh, you know some of the pictures I've seen you uh, wear with uh, those beautiful braids around, and I was wondering how long is her hair, <laughs> and uh, it complements <laughs> the look of you know uh, I remember also my grandmother wearing uh, her hair uh, that way. So tell us uh, tell us a little bit about also your your beautiful hair, which has a significance in 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 this. Uh, yeah, so this the video that's playing is actually the process of me trans transforming myself. So what I do in my performances is I transform transform myself into a version of my grandmother's. So there I am with the dress that I that my I showed earlier that my um, nonna Domenica belonged to my mm -hmm. nonna Domenica, um, and I am braiding my hair. So my hair is very long, and I started growing my hair. I think probably before 2015 so you can't sort of see at the moment but it is still very long um and the process of me transforming myself so I'm I'm braiding my hair which was the the fashion that both my grandmothers um mm -hmm. would wear their hair because it was a practical way for many immigrant women not just um not just Italian women mm -hmm. um that kind of era 
Um, and so part of my methodology is like um, growing my growing my hair, but also um, the attachment to my hair literally and uh, the reason why it is that long was so that I could braid my hair and be authentic um, and look like them and also feel like them. So part of the, the transformation and the, the performances that I, that I do um, is a way to, for me to reconnect with them, but also to give voice to my grandmothers, but to other, other women, other immigrant women whose <laughs> voices weren't often heard. So doing this public display Mm-hmm. um of transformation um you also really you also highlight continue to highlight women through some of the handmade uh work uh yeah, that so th- we would assume uh those ladies were engaged in in those in those years yeah so this the this the slide that i'm that's on the screen now is a performance that i did um over a week i think it was a week or two weeks in the window of a gallery in Mildura where I live, or I live nearby, near to Mildura. And this was um, called Tracciando Fili del Passato, or Tracing Threads of the Past. And this particular iteration of that was sewing. So I was in the window. That's my that's my mum's pedal, pedal, treadle, pedal sewing machine there. Um, and I was, I decided I was going to, and this is part of my my uh, Master of Visual Arts by Research, that I was going to create um, a wardrobe, an immigrant, an imagined immigrant's wardrobe is what I ended up making. So I was there every day in the window, which was quite curious to people, you know, passing by. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the a, a, um, a, the video, a video that was made by ABC um, Open Mildura. So I... Select. I decided that I was going to use traditional modes of women's making, so women's work, you know, mm-hmm. inverted commas, you know, sewing, embroidery, and crochet. So here I am um, doing the sewing, and I, by doing this, I was reclaiming the the memories of the women and their intention. So in this particular um, part, so my, as I said, that's my mum's sewing machine. So it was practical it was not just um so they they kind of had to make their own clothes because it was too expensive to buy new ones as new immigrants Mm -hmm. so they made all sorts of things petticoats um underpants uh what else um what else did I say um, I made but um you know a whole outfit so you know mudanti and uh, a really important part of um certainly my grandmother's clothing were mm-hmm. aprons or fardali, which is the, um, dialect, the dialect word, mm-hmm. or grembiule, which mm-hmm. is the Italian word. So yeah. there were quite a yeah, quite a, um, a few things. So here, are, this is kind of like my the the beginning of my other yeah of exploring those uh-huh. those things. So so maybe this was also uh, obviously you know sewing can be very I don't want to say meditative but a combination of maybe hopes, wishes, the real life, uh, some of the unheard voices, because, uh, um, you know, when we look at the Southern Italian, uh, you know, times and and roles and who had voice and who didn't, uh, this was their time, their opportunity, so to speak, to 
to be uh, to be heard. Uh, now you are a woman, an artist of many talents. I believe there are also some pencil drawings that you started to do uh, after um, after this uh, this project, and uh, it's very yeah. interesting because I would not be able. To, I mean, I can read it, but I don't know if I will pronounce it correctly. <laughs> I've seen a beautiful piece of embroidery of uh, the wolf. And uh, I yes. don't know if you can read the, and tell us uh, uh, what is behind this, uh, this, uh, this, um, uh, this drawing project. So it was really, um, the, so the, I, I um, the Calabrian proverb drawings were a series of drawings that I did. So it, I, with, the, with the aim of me creating a new drawing every day, well, that was the intention. Um, and um, so it was just really to, for me to, to go forward with my practice and to, to further explore, um, to further explore these stories. So the, What's what I'm showing on the screen is uh, a proverb, which is Galabresi uh, for hunger will bring the wolf out of the woods. Um, so the the a lot of the drawings that I drew, so there's I think I, there was in excess of forty. So I ended up doing quite a few um, drawings, and I posted them online on social media. So it became quite. Um, so a lot of them were just very quick sketches and then um, some of them were you know a bit more labored this particular one so the wolf I became really intrigued with the wolf this particular I don't know what it is about it but um, I, I love wolves now um, and there are quite a few wolves around the um, the areas where my where my grandparents are from and you know the, the, the famous story of the she-wolf and um, in Roman mythology as well so uh, yeah anyway so this particular uh, drawing I have redrawn a number of times and also as you mentioned it's been translated into um into in a, into embroidery mm -hmm. um as well so from so from this point i then kind of moved on into creating embroideries um and this is a an image of myself and my son because at the time you know quite a few years ago he's nearly 18 now mm -hmm. um you know with the, uh, referencing the biancaria items or the uh, the glory box items or trousseau or corredo um, that um, that women were expected to create mm -hmm. you know from a young age so my mother learned embroidery from the age of nine mm -hmm. um, that was something that wasn't passed down to me because that was something else that once mum arrived in Australia uh, with her father and her mother and her younger brother they well her younger brother actually was had the opportunity to go to school in Australia but mum the expectation was that they they went out to work so they were working at different properties vineyards uh, farms all around the area so that kind of this this uh, the passing down from mother to daughter um, wasn't always my experience so of course my my mum taught me how to sew but not necessarily how to embroider so this is something that I was um re-exploring but also then decided okay I'm going to do these embroideries and translate a lot of the drawings that I created into embroidery mm -hmm. um which is um which is what I did so there was a whole series of um of those that I did as well mm -hmm. 
And then also, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily from mom and daughter. It can be from mom to son. That's right. <laughs> so Christian, my son, ended up um, embroidering a car. And then oh. later on, so we um, there was another project, um, which I'm not sure. Actually, I might, I might have another slide of that. Um, um, you know, he he was, you know, that was his interest. So he wasn't, I wasn't going to make him do something that he was, wasn't interested in. So, um, which was quite which so another in another thing that also you engaged in uh with these also embroidery performances is that i mean embroidery becomes part of your performance and uh um oh here we see beautiful uh pictures of your of your family and uh but it looks like uh engaging the participants and hearing their stories uh enriches uh, so to speak your uh also your material because it's all part of the work in kind of uh, that's that's my feeling by looking also at this at this one picture so tell us a little bit about these experiences and um, where you have, I see Museo Italiano Cultural Center, uh, that's, that's still in Australia, correct? But I think you yes. were in Rome as well, doing yes. some uh, live performances. Yeah, so this this particular one that's on the screen, um, so it's really important, the, the, um, the, the dialogue that I, so my performance is a participatory, um, or at least, you know, the, the intention to, so I don't make people. Um, participate but the, the especially the embroidery these the embroidery um uh, tracing threads of the past embroidery live performances people were really intrigued and were really happy to sit down and tell me their stories about their parents their grandparents their own uh experiences of learning embroidery and it was really a really beautiful time so here i was near the at the entrance of museo italiano in melbourne who um who allowed me to to performance, um, which was part of um, this other exhibition, Sailing into History, Displacement and Arrivals, which was curated by Lela Caridi, um, and my mother's immigration story, so um, which I um, wrote for her. Um, so in this in this picture, to the far left, you'll see that's my uncle Bruno, who I mentioned um, passed away. My grandfather Francesco, my nonna Domenica, and my mother Anna. So, um, and there I am standing next to the, that red trick, uh, check dress that um, mm -hmm. I was wearing in a previous performance. So it all, you know, ties together. And there are my nonna Domenica's shoes and her bag. Mm -hmm. um, Do you ever tap on, uh, has uh, your mom ever, have you ever done an oral history with your mom or has she uh, shared the her own experiences, uh, maybe during a performance of yours or somehow? contributed yes to the material yeah so this exhibition at museo Galliano, um uh so mum shared her story and um i wrote that and that was we there was also someone who um from her her story museum who came along and captured mum's story as well okay. which was a, which was awesome so mum and i mum will often tell me stories about her childhood her, her parents and things and 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 also, so um, I, we have done some, we have captured some of those stories um, together, which is, um, which is pretty amazing. Um, so you mentioned the, the performance in Rome. So this was a live performance um, as part of Beyond Borders Transna Transnational Italy exhibition at uh, the British School at Rome in 2016. 
And that was um, part of the Transnationalising Modern Languages Conference um, or project, which was a, a quite a, a, um, a, large, a larger project. Mm -hmm. So in, in this performance, I'm making an apron. I mentioned earlier that was an important um, part, certainly for my, um, certainly for my, uh, my grandmothers and um, speaking to other friends who are Italian said the same thing that their grand that you know their nonni nonnas were always you know wearing a, an apron um, you know in and out of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, so these this um, this apron was created from collected items from Italy and Australia. So a piece of um, my my mother's embroidery. So this is where I kind of started beginning to co-create with my mum. Mm -hmm. But also some other items, like from my Zia Prozia Palma, had gift had gifted me because um, we I was in Calabria just prior to to going to Rome for this um, conference and performance. So I had some items, um, vintage fabric, but also I had some other. Um, uh, my cousins in uh, Natili Nuovo had uh, taught me how to crochet, so they. Um, my cousins Maria Erminia and Maria Zavaglia Carmela had had shown me how to how to how they put you know this particular way particular technique of crocheting um, so all of those items all of these things were then combined into this apron um, mm -hmm. which was really yeah which was really um Let that me... was really amazing and that that um the, the sewing machine that I'm sitting at was loaned to to me by um, another artist, Sara Basta, who's based mm -hmm. in Rome. Okay, well, that's a collaboration there. So do you tend, because I see you're extremely serious uh, while you're, <laughs> uh, is there any storytelling or at that point you want to stay kind of in the zone and take the viewer into that zone and almost... Maybe you're having internal dialogues. So I was wondering. I am. I, am. I was. I was very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> if there is a lot say. of talking there or kind of just quietly, just kind of getting into. Um, well, I was getting. Atmosphere. Yeah. So I was very, very nervous. So I think normally I'm very chatty and gregarious, you know, happy to chat to people. So I was very nervous and I and, um, wasn't sure how people were going to interact with me because I kind of we there was a just prior to me doing this performance there was a um a session in the conference so I rushed out and sat down so people had no idea what was happening and they wandered in and it was you know it, it was really interesting to see um the reaction from people that you know what's happening here you know that curiosity but also um I was just really con hoping concentrating on the task at hand to create I had mm -hmm. 20 minutes to create uh the piece that I wanted to create. So at the end of it, I I did end up with um with mm -hmm. the apron that was complete. Um, but there were yeah. So there were as part of this the apron. There's also two little embroideries of of Italy and Australia, which I linked together with the red thread. Mm -hmm. So um the red thread also um has become an important part um in oh. my practice yes. yeah, as well. So so uh, talking about threads, uh, Tracciando Fili uh, del Passato, I believe there is another piece that you have. Um, uh, so there is both of the collaboration with your mom, but here is also this collective experience of people coming and crocheting together. 
which I believe was one of the events that unfortunately, because of not being geographically close enough to where you uh, did the last one in the United States, I really, really was one of those events. I wish I could have flown and just uh, um, be there. So uh, tell us a little bit about, um, um, again, there is this experience that might be maybe repetitive at times, that might be, but it's collective, people are sharing stories. So tell us a little bit about how maybe even strangers um, are coming together and all of a sudden maybe they're all sharing stories. Yeah, so, so this project, um, so it's still uh, Tracing Threads of the Past, or Tracciando Fili del Passato, Collective Crochet, um, and there's a number of uh, a number of images that I have um, that I'll be, that I'll show. Um, it's an in-person participatory participatory I can't even say it properly collaborative performance workshop and dialogue. So um, you touched on a few things there. So the the image on the left there are actually quite a few of my cousins mm -hmm. um, and a family friend in that image. And we're having a lovely time. We're at Museo Italiano, and then on the on the right. Um, this was part of my uh, final honours year. So this um, exhibition, so Collective Crochet. So a number of people, many of many who I, I know knew well and some that I ended up knowing uh, even better through this project. So that that is the, the amazing thing about this. So I'm inviting people to come in and to crochet. Some people don't know how to crochet at all. So then I, I teach them. But all what we're doing is just, a simple chain stitch that, um, uh, and, and again, getting back that, the idea of the chain stitch, getting back to the um, um, the chain migration scheme. So mm. it's it's like an interpretation, a translation of that through the red thread. And um, people are happy to participate. So I've got another image here. This was from another um, workshop in Melbourne at the George Payton Gallery, Gallery which was part of a, another project, the CARE Project. Um, that I was part of. So this is in mm -hmm. exhibition space. So quite a few um, amazing artists in this in this slide. Um, and this one was actually from the States uh, last year at the Italian American Museum of Los exactly. Angeles. Exactly. Um, that was indeed, um, uh, I can see Mariana Gatto uh, there as well, who does a fabulous job out there. That was, that was that, I mean, a few of the participants had left prior to, it just left prior to this, photo being taken but this was amazing so many different people different cultures um who had just heard about this um, project in one way or another and decided that they would come along and participate and it was just it really was these events in in um in in los angeles and um and um also at stony brook university and at um Belvedere were just amazing so I really I'm sort of getting emotional just remembering just remembering them because people were sharing stories Powerful. there were strangers you touched on that there were strangers connecting and then making plans to um to meet up so it was it was it was really amazing so that was um yeah I, I, I really loved it and you know all the, these people are amazing so I hope uh when I come back to the states that I will be able to um meet with them again it was really it was really awesome and Nina Nina Donato um in that and, and on the far on the far right in this image in the back line um really love really great friends um now so that's really yeah it's really great so um 
one of those one of the one of those things that um, can be unexpected, but also you know you know s- strangers coming together and meeting each other and just you know sharing and feeling sharing almost as if uh, you have uh, you always had uh, uh, you had uh, known one another. And sometimes yes. people might even find out that uh, they might have come from a similar part of Italy, sometimes even from yeah. the same town. It's it's just amazing. We had uh, uh, just the other day uh, a, a, another. Um, episode on this documentary that was uh, a man from a town in Calabria and then someone in Pittsburgh said my grandfather is from the same town (laughs) and uh, so just without even knowing I mean I've known this person for quite some time but I never really connected it was uh, from the same town you have a beautiful picture another piece of work uh, that's a collaboration very special because um, uh, brings your mom and yourself uh, together Um, so Tell us a little bit about uh, what belonged to her, so to speak, uh, and what is your addition, and a little bit of the meaning of this piece. So um, this is a, a piece of Biancaria, or it's a you know a white work, white work on linens. This was this was originally um, a pillowcase that my mother embroidered for her wedding night. So she had a whole set, um, and I mentioned that you know. Um, young women my mother was nine when she started uh, learning embroidery and uh, arrived in Australia I think around I think she was 13 by the time she got here so I just find this incredible that this was created at that at her age at that Mm -hmm. age you know for the intention um, that it would then be you know for her when she eventually got married which kind of blows my mind sometimes so this was a um a a pillowcase which i have um which for many years being used it was actually worn so it's threadbare um there's a couple of spots where the 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 fabric is actually coming away from itself because it has been so well used um and then mum being so pragmatic and useful you know finding finding use for other things had unstitched it and was using it for i don't know for for something else so she'd actually unstitched the pillowcase Mm -hmm um that's mum's beautiful embroidery at the bottom of that and where I've gone back over and and um hand embroidered the words tracciando fili del passato or tracing mm-hmm. threads of the past and this work um as you know I, I I kind of explain it in that the, the threads kind of strengthen our bond as mother mm-hmm. and daughter but also our link to um you know Italy and Australia um because that this was created prior to her uh, immigration to Australia. Um, Have you done other projects uh, with her or uh, with your son that, that we had seen uh, before to continue so that, to connect to the generations, the words? Yeah, so then, um, then I create, uh, we have worked again uh, co-creating. So this this work was actually done for an exhibition called Parent, Parent and Child in Nathalia, um, which is a, a town in Victoria, um, a few hours away from where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, so the two top embroideries, um, uh, Heredita and Vita, uh, the, the main embroideries are my mother's. So that, again, they were created a number of years um, prior to me then uh, embroidering the words Heredita or her- uh, Heritage and Vita, which is life. Um, mm-hmm. And then that little that little embroidery down the bottom of a basketball was created by my son Christian. Weekend, Again, weekend. <laughs> he loves basketball. Yeah. <laughs> he did at the time. So, um, again, incredible. So that was um, 
uh, embroidery and watercolor, I think, be used in that. Wonderful. And then you have another installation called Intrecciare that has a variety of different uh, materials. And we still see the bigger piece in the middle, uh, but we started to see this red thread that you said is becoming uh, very important also in, in your work. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the meaning of uh, what we what we see. Okay, so um, the, so the, this installation was again it was part of an ex, part of um, an exhibition that um, at Museo Italiano as part of the Diaspora Italiana conference so, uh, in Melbourne. So that the uh, Diaspora Italiana is this conference series that has been held in uh, Australia the United States, Italy, and Argentina uh, last year. So it's um, ongoing, but this was part of an exhibition that was um, curated uh, called New Horizons. Um, and in this uh, work, I've, there is, um, so there's my hair, so spun and plaited human hair. So I have also been collecting my hair as it's been growing, you know, from my brush, I've been collecting hair and I've Mm -hmm. I've been exploring, creating, mm -hmm. creating a, a, and plaiting it and creating it. So that that's in there. But also, um, yeah, so there's uh, the embroideries, Tracciando Fili del Passato that we just saw earlier, and also um, other, other religious icons and souvenirs that have been either gifted to me or um, I inherited from my father and, mm -hmm. um, and my, grand, my grandparents. Um, and some crochet that um, I attempted at doing. So some interesting shapes. So if we go to the next mm -hmm. slide, there's a, a close-up. Oh, yeah, so we can um, see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can see. A lot of Madonna. And the safety pins, my mum would always have safety pins in a handbag. <laughs> Madonna, you know. Always, always think... on, the, on the Vestaglia. If you were not on yes. the Vestaglia, it was on the Vestaglia. Yes. That's, that's right. That's right. You know, always prepared just in case something was falling apart. And, you know, that's kind of how I feel. I guess it was their version of a hot glue gun or. Anything. Yes, yes. You know, hold it, keeping it together, you know, keeping things together because that was, you know, the, the women were keeping the family together, but also their safety pins uh -huh. uh, were kind of metaphorical in that way too, you know, the, the metaphor of keeping everything together. Uh -huh. um, but also some um, some of the little um, medallions, um, Madonini, um, have, yeah, were gifted to me from the States, Australia and Italy. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're super, you know, really special. And you'll, a bit of a close-up of that the hair mm -hmm. uh the hair plait which kind of again uh, people find it a bit I'm not sure they don't they're not sure how to how to um how to take it sometimes because yeah I don't I don't know because at one point it was very common for people mm -hmm. to use their hair in in artwork and things like that but not mm -hmm. not and um and also a little embroidery a chain a chain uh chain stitch I mean crochet of of my hair as well so mm -hmm. chucked in there. Um, I think I don't know if it's coming up, but uh, we started to see. Uh, I like your. Uh, uh, this is a combination of the wolves uh, scenes that, uh, as you said, you uh, became very passionate about it. Um, I see an airplane, uh, maybe someone coming, going, separation. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so um. The, the series of embroideries that I spoke about earlier were um, I was doing them in public again. So the um, tracing threads of the past embroideries, I'd done them in a, in a number of places. So the 
right up in the right, top right-hand corner is, is an embroidery of the moon that I created while I was at Museo Italiano, um, which a few slides earlier I had shown. Um, so that was the outcome of that. Mm -hmm. um, and the wolves, the, the wolves are there down the bottom. So um, out of the, the, the initial, a couple of initial drawings that I did, uh, there was a very, um, it was almost like just a line drawing version of that in an embroidery and then which then developed into a much more um, detailed embroidery of the wolf's head only. Um, and a few, it's, so these are, a few of these are um, the uh, Calabrian proverbs, um, you know, the mal, a bocca, and the, the spilt wine, which is all vino e la, e la, e la femmina, mm -hmm. ti perdono, ti fanno perdona, perdona testa, which means uh -huh. you know, women and wine will make you lose your head, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is an uh, interesting one. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a, a one in the, the, the center, which is sacco vacante non sta già dritta, which is you mm -hmm. know, an empty sack will not hold. No, Great, right. yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So, um, and 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 the airplane was was I created when I went. I I created that after I came back from because um, in 2016 when I went over to Italy, I was on my own with my cousin, but I felt very guilty about leaving my family behind. Mm -hmm. And this, that work, that embroidery is called Lontananza. So I was, mm -hmm. I was a bit homesick and I was feeling, was feeling, um, homesick or, yeah. Mother guilt, mother guilt. <laughs> yeah. Almost that Catholicism and, <laughs> and society instills in, 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 um, in some people. So mm -hmm. that was a response to that. And down the bottom, there is another co-created work with my with my mother called Ricordo i Fili, mm. um, which um, cr was created especially for the Italian Museum of Los Angeles. So this was part of the exhibition Italianeta, Artists of the Italian Diaspora, Reflect on History and Identity, um, mm -hmm. which was shown at, at the IMLA in 2018. And mm -hmm. that was the first time that I had um, I had shown there. Yeah, uh, we have a few minutes. I believe yep. there is also a um, self-portrait uh, yep. also with very interesting pigments. Uh, so yeah. first, congratulations, it's beautiful. And uh, uh, I, we can recognize uh, the dress again that uh, uh, you uh, showed us before belonging to your uh, grandmother. How did you get the colorings? Okay, so experimenting with homemade pigments so um though they're in that so the in the body of the dress so it's embroidered so i've hand embroidered um this image of myself with thread but also the addition of coffee tea uh i think mainly coffee and tea and maybe some beetroot or raspberry for the lips mm -hmm. and for the coloring in the face Mm -hmm. um, so it was just an exploration of using domestic pigments that you commonly find in your fridge, your freezer, your cupboard. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a, um, a couple of workshops doing doing that, um, doing that. So just reaching for something that you don't necessarily always have to have art materials to create art, um, but also this um, linking back to the domesticity um, to you know the the women's work and the expectation on women, I suppose. Um, in and depicting it, you know, as as myself, but it's my it's me, but it's my my nonni. So mm -hmm. when when you see me, when there are images of me, you know, the 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 postcard on the right, um, mm -hmm. 
was created for International Women's Day uh, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes the names of my my grandmothers and my great-grandmothers, uh, Maria, Paola, Katarina, Fortunata, Domenica, Elena, and my mum, my mum, mm-hmm. Anna. So um, a little homage to them. Oh, and, yeah. And that, this was included uh, last year at um, Woven Lies Exploring Women's Needlework from the Italian Diaspora at uh, the Italian American Museum of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And this is why I ended up in this, one of the reasons why I ended up in the States and did that workshop, um, mm-hmm. which I showed earlier at um, the IMLA. Uh, as if you are not busy enough, uh, you also <laughs> have created a beautiful group. It's called the Ascolta uh, Women. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us? Can you tell us a little bit? So, uh, uh, what is the purpose of? Well, ascoltare means to listen. So, I yes. think maybe it has to do with listening to each other's stories or something. But uh, you can definitely, yeah. So, um, ascolta, where um, uh, a group of women writers um, from the the common thread amongst us is that we have some affiliation with Italy, where they're Italian, Australian, Italian, or have uh, are Italian affiliated. So um, there are a number of us from Australia and also um, someone in London, Elise mm-hmm. Valmorbida. Um, so this was formed in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, around the time of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're all together at a forum called Escolta, listening to unheard, unheard stories in Melbourne, um, and we're booked into a writing workshop the next day with um, Elise Valmorbida and Ana Maria Deloso. Um, and then Melbourne went into lockdown. So it was pretty, pretty crazy. So the, 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 um, the forum that we were all at on the Friday night um, called Escolta, I think I said that already, listening to unheard story, women's unhold, untold stories, uh, what, there were a number of, it was organised by um, Teresa Capetola, who's actually um, in that image there. Um, so out of that, we went into lockdown and we were like, oh, you know, we've now created this bond uh, with each other. How mm-hmm. are we going to keep this momentum going? So from that time on, so from 2020, every two weeks we have met online via Zoom mm-hmm. and with the intention to write. So we um, the session will start off with us sharing a bit about our lives, you know, what's happened in the past two weeks. And then we go into a writing, uh, a, a writing um, sort of visual or um, a written prompt. Um, we write for 10 minutes and out of that come some writing, which then developed, has been, which was then developed into um, three books now. But this, the images that I have on the screen now are just the two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, stories from La Tavola inside. And then um, so uh, beautiful short stories and photographs and, uh, uh, you know, maybe a, a way of reflecting, coming together, expressing yep. uh, and uh, yourself. And then there is a third book. book um, I believe is it about some mysticism or maybe oh, it's out. <laughs> it's out. It was, it was launched on the 8th of March at Coaz. Oh, wow. So, so it coincides with Women's Day? Yes. So every year they, these books have been launched to coincide with International Women's Day. And the latest one is Stories from La Notte, um, which is, a um, yeah, a, 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 again, sort of delves into folklore, family stories, uh, fantasy, you know, the, the binaries of women, you know, as um, you know, um, 
Malafemine and the saints and saint and all those things, the witch, Astrega, there's a few stories in here about Astrege, mm -hmm. um, healers and all sorts. So um, it's been fantastic just creating these, creating these stories. So stories from the, the inside were from that time of lockdown and in, in that we experienced stories from La Tavala, Mm -hmm. explored our relationship with food which is sometimes a uh, love-hate relationship that we have and all the expectation as Italian women that we're that we're all good cooks mm -hmm. which is not which is not the case mm -hmm. um and la, la notte which has been yeah it's just been um amazing to work to work mm -hmm. with these women uh let me see if there is one more thing maybe la donna rossa might be part of uh uh yes i indeed so, so we'll just probably we probably are um we've been talking a long time which is fantastic so <laughs> la donna rossa which are which are the 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 works on this uh in this slide um was a project that i um because um, i mentioned we've created this amazing bond with um a skull to women i really wanted when i went over to the states i had i've mentioned earlier i had the opportunity to um to travel over to the united states uh for the um, the Woven Lives exhibition at IMLA, but also uh, a panel discussion at Stony Brook University with Biamore, Loredana Valetzi, and um, Mary Jo Bona, um, and also the the um, collective crochet at Gaza Belvedere. I really wanted to bring my bring my school tip and and of course my talk at Calandra, which was uh, in New York, which was amazing to be there. Really wanted to bring my sorelle, my sculptor sorelle, with me. Um, mm -hmm. So I, we, I, uh, I created this project called La Donna Rossa, which um, everyone was given a, um, a postcard-sized piece of um, card, red thread, a sewing needle, a crochet needle, and some crochet uh, yarn, uh, cotton crochet red. So with with the the theme of La Donna Rossa, and whichever way that uh those the people that um the women that wanted to interpret la donna rossa in whatever manifestation that may have been mm -hmm. so it was really interesting receiving these um because you know i i posted these out i um by i mailed these um the kits so i created a kit for everyone and mailed them out to everyone and was really interest interesting to see what came back to me mm -hmm. so it was amazing you know there was a few hearts as you can see here a story about uh, La Donna Rossa in, it in Italy where Mar Margarita Angelucci, who, who created that work, is also another word for menstruazione, mm -hmm. uh, for menstruation. So I was, I was learning all these, learning all these things, but also receiving these beautiful images. You know, there's the little uh, strega up the top, my little caridi. Um, yeah, so it was really, yeah, a, 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 an awesome um project to be part of so these little postcards traveled with me to the states mm -hmm. they were shown at stony brook and also in the um in, on on the screen uh when i was doing my presentations um the various places and then they traveled back with me <clears throat> and then at the launch of stories from la notte this book they were mm -hmm. shown um as part of the launch so they sort of come come full circle so that was really lovely have to have that journey you know, the, they were almost like little, we were sort of, well, we were, we were journeying together. Um, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, I guess uh, if you might stop sharing, uh, we will go into our goodbyes. But before doing that, actually, you know, uh, if people want to follow more of your work, 
or would like to get hold of you, I think you had your contact details uh, that we can definitely uh, share because, uh, again, even though the world is a small place and uh, it would be, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if people listening to this episode might find out that they had uh, relatives from the same town of your mother or your father and wanted to find out more about their experience of them and so forth. So uh, I, I feel like, what did he call you, Luci? And does anyone call you Luci or you I just do, Luci? My, my, cousins, <laughs> my cousins initially call me Luci because my, my, well, my birth name is Luciana. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but there's a, there's a story, um, anyway, a story about that. So uh, it's been anglicized. To, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my name is Luciana Domenica after my, um, my nonna Domenica. Yeah. Um, yes. So, yeah, but my cousins initially do call me Luci, which I think is beautiful, which is really lovely because it means light. So I'm quite happy <laughs> to be the light bringer. Um, and one of the things that I didn't, I'll just quickly touch on. So when I when I traveled over to the States, what was really was really amazing is that I got to meet a cousin who I had found online. So as oh. you were saying, mm-hmm. that link that you might someone might discover. Um, and we had been in contact for a number of years and I actually got to meet uh, my cousin Linda and Joanne, his sister. And that was so amazing um, mm-hmm. to, to meet them in person. It was really a, one of the, uh, also Priceless. a highlight. So many highlights. It was amazing. Um, so very grateful. Uh, so unfortunately, our time together is up. Il Big Ben ha detto stop, and it's time for us to say arrivederci e alla prossima. We want to thank you for tuning in into the program. If you have any questions or comments, or if you have any topics you would like us to address, please contact us at the Italian Radio Hour at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And remember, if you or any of your family and friends have missed a prior episode or would like to listen to this episode again, please visit our website at www.istitutomondoitaliano.org and click on the Italian Radio Hour tab. You can also subscribe to the Italian Radio Hour on YouTube or where you catch your favorite podcasts. And I would love to, I would like to thank our guest, Lucy Acalucci Calipari Marcuzzo, <laughs> our sponsor Istituto Mondo Italiano, La Prima Espresso, and Alla Buona for the music. Until next time, alla prossima. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Grazie mille. Viviana, it's been amazing. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you.